a standing ovation. Goodness, thank you. Please take your seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, thank you. Yes, uh, I just want to say thank you for all those people who made it out to Morrowfield last Sunday night. It was just so good to look around and see all the people from Redcliffe. And it was just, uh, it was just an awesome event. And to, to start their first meeting in their building with 440 people, that's pretty cool. And uh, how good was the worship? Yeah. How good was the worship this morning? And so, Jess, as you were just worshipping at the end, you know, I was just watching you worship lead. And I just had a sense that God wanted to say to you that as you worshipped, God was going to unlock heaven. That he was going to unlock heaven over people's lives. That he was just going to unlock heaven. And all he needs from you, like the gifts there, the hearts there, it's all there. He just wants you to keep your heart soft and humble before him and just let that gift flow, you know, just quiet in your soul, quiet, you know, just let it down. And God's just going to do it. That as you sing, he's just going to do it over individuals' lives, over churches' lives, over congregations. It's, it's, it's a gift that's going to grow more and more, you know? You know, it's just going to grow. So, good job. Yeah, great to have you in the house today. So, um, just before we get into the word... Um, Brian Wiseman, he's a gift to our house. He's a gift to the church. For those of you who don't know, he's got the opportunity now where he's um, chaplain down at the local Surf Life Saving Club. And um, I, I tell people that, Brian, and, th- and they, they laugh and go, Surf Life Saving Club in Redcliffe, who would they be saving? What would they be saving them from? What would they be? But, but, it's, but it's wonderful. It's a great club. It's a great opportunity that Brian's got. He's a gift to the house. He's, a, he's got an evangelistic gift. And so on the... On the um, table just inside the front door you'll you'll see these little cards and these cards that brian's made up for the congregation members just to have in your wallet it's when you're talking to people about jesus so um you can use this if you want to to run people through just a simple gospel message um if you're talking with them it just gives you a focal point to actually do that but the other thing you can do is um um, you might just have a casual conversation where you're um, just talking to them but you sense a softness your sense of softness in the person, you can give them this card and it's got a QR code on the back. And people are getting pretty used to QR codes these days. And it's got a QR code on the back. And if I understand Brian, if they click on that QR code, it will take them to the website. So you can just simply say to them, look, I haven't got time now or maybe I don't have the right words or whatever to really explain this. But if you just click on that QR code, it'll take you to a website that will um, explain this much better than I ever could. So thank you, Brian, for that resource. That's it. And, and please take, uh, please take, uh, make, make use of it. Make use of it. And it's not that hard just to have one of them in your wallet as you're going around. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, it's just great to have you here today. It's just exciting to see what God's doing. Uh, Kerry runs our prayer meeting. We had a wonderful prayer meeting yesterday. It was great. Thank you, Kerry. And uh, that's on every second Sunday morning. If you want to come along and join us for prayer, you're always welcome. It is early, sorry, 6.30 in the morning, but sacrifice of praise, all that sort of thing, you get that. Yeah. So I'm a bit excited about the, the message this week, and, um, and I guess what happens, isn't it, that the messages you share are personal, because God's always working in our lives. So, so you know, so, so most of the time when you come to put something together, you're actually speaking out of what God's done in your life. And uh, so this message for me... It's quite personal, and uh, not in a bad way. It's in a good way. You'll get it as we get into it. And um, I, was, I was in a prayer meeting. I was in a, a meeting early in the year, and uh, th- three, three people 
in the prayer meeting prophesied and prayed over my life. And they all said the same thing. They all basically said, God wants to do a work in you. There's stuff he needs to do, wants to do. And, uh, you know, I went away from the prayer meeting thinking, great, Lord. You know, you've encouraged everyone else, you know. You've all said, oh, yes, great job, good job, couldn't be better. Here's the blessing of God. And me, you've put on the mat going, you want to do a work in me. You want to do a work in me, you know. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we understand that um, God wants to do a work in us. That's all good. And so I, so I came away. And, you know, the next morning... Um, I don't know what your routine is, but my routine is I get up, I have a quick shower, make a cup of coffee. You know, by the time I sit with my Bible, I'm drinking my cup of coffee, I'm still kind of waking up a little bit, you know. And, uh, and look, if I was honest, you know, we can be honest here, can't we? We can be a little bit vulnerable. If I'm honest, I'm probably sitting there thinking about what people had said the day before and thinking, well, Lord, you know, there's a few things you could do in their life, you know. There's, you know, you know, there's probably, probably a thing or two, you know, where you need to do a little bit of work there. Just reminding him. Just... Helping him out there. And, uh, and this was my Bible reading. And this, this wasn't even my official Bible reading. What happens with me is I sit down with my coffee and my Bible just falls open, you know, because you're still half asleep and you haven't actually turned yet to the place. And so this was my just the Bible falling open passage for the day. Let me read it to you. Yeah. Um, it's entitled, it's from Jeremiah. It's entitled, At the Potter's House. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house. And there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred. Oh, that's a bit painful, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. The, 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 the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. And that's okay. Unless Jesus has slipped in the back. You know, there's a level of marring that God's working on with all of us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so he formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, David? Oh, sorry. Can I do with you, Israel? As this potter does, declares the Lord, like the clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. So I started this journey just meditating on this whole concept of the potter and the clay. God's shaping of our lives. God's remaking of us. And in, in the process, I came across a message um, um, by Mark, um, uh, I, I get to call him Varagis, but I think these days it's Vargasis, I think the, the pronunciation that everyone uses, but um, whatever his name is, just his brilliant message. And uh, so a lot of what I'm doing today comes out of that message, just that they're meditating on the potter and the clay. So let's pray. Father, Father, we acknowledge that you are the potter and that we are the clay. It's that simple, Lord. So Father, we thank you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace over our lives, that you are continually working in us and working over us and working in our lives. You're shaping us. You're, making, you're taking our lives and making something wonderful from this clay. We love you, Lord. Amen. So the title of the message today is Live Content. Live Content. Live Content. So across all our locations, across all our locations, we're um, uh, looking at this same topic and... Uh, that's okay. It's all good. So, there's a concept in Scripture, isn't it, that God is making us. Yeah. God is making us. And um, it doesn't matter, you know, all through Scripture, you know, God comes to Abraham and says, what does he say? I'm going to make you into a great nation. Yeah? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus speaks to his 
um, disciples and he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, you know. He says he will make us clean. He says he will make us strong, firm and steadfast. So there's this picture in scripture that God is making us. God is making us. And we can think with the analogy that that's a passive thing for us. We're just the clay. We're just this lump, you know, it's all up to God. But as we start to look at some of these scriptures, you know, it becomes very clear that even though we're just the clay, that we're active participants in the process, that this is something that God is doing, that we partner with him. And in all of this, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much, you get the, the impression that it's not so much God being interested in what we do for him, but it's really all about who we become. And of course, as we become, that's when we do, isn't it? It's, it's out of who we become that we actually do. So it is about doing, but <laughs> it comes out of the shaping. It comes out of the moulding. It comes out of the... So we're looking at the potter and the clay. Uh, now, I, I, don't normally, I don't normally bring um, props. I'm not so much a, a prop preacher, but I brought some props today. Yeah. So I bought, I bought two packets of clay. Uh, now, now, this is, uh, this is commercial potter's clay. Yeah? It's beautiful. It's silky. It's smooth. It's just, it's just lovely. It's lovely to work. It's just the right moisture content. It's, it's just right. It's just right. It's just right for making. Um, so, so, so when it comes to making something out of this clay, the only limitation is the skill of the potter, the skill of the potter. You, you get that? The clay is not the impediment. The clay is not the impediment, yeah? It's, it's the skill of the potter, yeah. Okay, here we are, just, just so you know what I'm saying. Cameron, yeah, have a feel of that. Now, you might not get excited about clay. My background is soil testing, so, so I, I, tend to, I tend to get a bit excited about these things, yeah? Yeah? Okay. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's just nice. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, now, now, this, this sample of clay, uh, it doesn't look all that dissimilar. It's a similar kind of moisture content. Yeah. We can, yeah, by all means, pass it around. Yeah. Um, it's good. So, similar moisture content. You know, you can kind of mould it in the same way. Uh, it's a slightly different colour, but, you know, if you put a colour coat or something on it, who cares? Yeah. Um, ah. But this is clay that I dug out of our car park. Yeah. So this is clay that I dug out of our car park. Now, um, you, you don't have to work it too much uh, to realise that uh, it's actually pretty chunky and pretty nasty. Yeah? You get the picture? Yeah, can you feel the grit in there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so the reality is uh, with this clay, with this clay there's some rock lumps in there, some of the bigger ones I've taken out. Yeah, you can feel some in there, Jess, yeah. There's actually some grass roots and even a bit of grass in there as well, you know. Um, but, uh, but this is the picture of us, isn't it, when we get saved, you know? Who, whose life was silky smooth and perfect when they got saved? Uh, well, I'm happy to put up my hand and say mine had plenty of rocks, debris and other junk. Yeah, yeah. You get the picture? I've been listening to a preacher um, and uh, he's an American preacher, but some of them are okay. It's all right. I've just been cheeky. Um, and, and, and I was listening to him through the week, and his, his ministry gift is so refined. You know, it's so refined. You know, if the, the clay that I dug out of the yard, you, you're not going to mould fine china out of it, are you? You know, you're not, you're not going to make wedgewood or whatever it is, Royal Dalton. 
You're not going to make a Royal Dolan teapot out of it, are you? You know, not, not without a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I was, at least, I was listening to this ministry, and he's he's like that first clay. So obviously, over time, he, he wasn't a Christian when he was young, but over time, God's worked. He's worked the clay. He's he's got out some of those rocks and things, and God in his life has been able to form this beautiful vessel, a, a precious vessel. You know, so you're sitting there listening, and going, "Oh, this is sweet ministry. This is this is refined. This is this is." Kath's a tea drinker, yeah. Kath's a tea drinker, and I'm not sure that Kath can hear what I'm saying, but that's okay. But when you make a cup of tea pot, Kath, Kath, when you make a cup of tea in a nice fine china pot, put a cozy on it, and you pour it into a nice fine china cup, yeah, and you put the milk in first. You've got to put the milk in first, and then you pour in your tea from the pot. Doesn't it taste different? It just tastes, yeah. That's okay. You might be coffee drinkers. Some Wendy's nodding here. Yeah, give a picture, yeah. You get the picture of what we're talking about here, isn't it? You know, our life starts chunky and nasty, but over time God works. Yeah, you get the picture. Yeah, and He's wanting us to become that nice fine clay so that He can shape us into something fine and something wonderful. Now, um, when I dug that clay out of the car park, yeah, it was rock hard. It was rock hard. It really was. You, you weren't going to do anything with it, and. Um, and actually, just to step back just for one thing, yeah? So a good potter could make something pretty special out of the professional clay. But if we gave a potter, Helen's sister's a potter, she's pretty amazing. If we gave Helen's sister that um, chunky, rocky bit of clay from the second bag, yeah, I'm sure she'd look at it and go, what do you want me to do with that? You know, what, 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 I can't do anything with that, well, yeah, yeah. But of course, the beauty with God is... He looks at our rocky, chunky, debris-filled clay and goes, I know exactly what to make out of that. Yeah? And he keeps making us. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He just keeps making us. He just keeps working the clay, getting that next rock out, getting that bit of grass out, getting that thing. Yep. So uh, the the first point here is for the potter to work our clay, we have to be soft. So when I, when, I, when I dug that lump of clay out of the car park, baked out in the sun, it was rock hard. It was literally rock hard. Couldn't even break it under my fingers, yeah? And so what I did was through the day, what I'd do is I'd put some water on it, leave it soaking in the water, and then I'd come back to it and I'd start to mould it, yeah? Start to break it up a little bit. And I literally did that all day, yeah? Not, not that I spent all day doing that. <laughs> but I did that all day, and then what I'd do is I'd go and work it a bit, and then I'd leave water on top of it and then I'd go and do all my other stuff and then I'd come back to it two hours later, yeah, yeah. And by the end of the day, after lots of sore fingers and lots of working, uh, we ended up with that bag that's being passed around, yeah, that's now workable, yeah. It was a bit funny because my background is soil testing and Rob Pauly rang me during the day and I said, guess what I'm doing, Rob? I'm prepping up a soil sample, you know. <laughs> and, and he said to me, you what? You what? You what? Yeah, prepping up a soil sample, Yeah. So you get the picture, don't you? Yeah. The hard, rocky bit that's come out of the earth, God's starting to work. And, you know, you can see the picture, can't you? You know, the Holy Spirit comes through with the showers of rain and we start to soften. (laughs) And God starts to work us. God starts to work us and we start to soften. So the key thing here in terms of our live is that God wants us to live soft. He wants us to live soft. 
If you want a scripture for that, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows out from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows out from it. Yeah. So when it says guard your heart, it's not talking about putting up a fence around so that nothing can come in and hit your heart, is it? Yeah? It's saying guard the quality of your heart. Keep, keep your heart. Keep it soft. Yeah? And, of course, as, 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 he's, as he's working the clay, he's dealing with the rocks, isn't he? He's dealing with the debris. Yeah? And, of course, that's all the offence that we've, we've come across that's come into our life. It's all the unforgiveness, the bitterness, resentment. Yeah? You get it? He's working it. He's working it. He's working it. He's working it. He's working. We don't always like it when he works us. We don't always. But it's part of the process. It's just how it is. Now, this might sound a bit strange, but um, God has created us um, really to have thick skin and a soft heart, you know? Um, So when I'm talking about having thick skin, I'm not talking about being rude or arrogant or whatever. Um, I'm talking about just a a thickness of the skin. So um, what, what I mean by that is... Um, if we work in the garden, what happens to our hands? They get callous, don't they? The, the skin on our hands thickens, yeah? That's what God's made us like. That's how God's made us to be. And uh, I, I worked underground in a mine. I used to work for CSIRO. And we were working underground in a mine this one time. And there were these guys there came to help us drill. And one of the guys, he, he wasn't young. I don't know how old he was, maybe 50 years old or something. My guess is he'd been an underground miner all his life. And I shook his hand. And, you know, and it was like, it was like shaking a brick. It was like a bit of timber, you know. His hand was so hard. I thought, how does that hand even move? How does it, you know. But they came, they drilled their holes for us. Off they went, they were all happy and whatever, yeah. So you get the picture. You get the picture? Our skin is made to toughen and thicken, yeah. Our heart isn't. Now, now Julie might be able to help me here. She's a nurse. I'm not a medical person, but... My understanding is that when we get calcification of our heart, our heart starts to harden physically, yeah? And that, I understand, Julie, is not a good thing. No, yeah? We want our hearts soft and fleshy and pumping. Is that right? There you go. There you go. Very basic medical stuff. So, so you get the picture, don't you, yeah? That God has made us, he wants us to have thick skin, yeah? So, so when, the, when that person comes and says that unthoughtful thing, whether intended or not, we just kind of let it roll aside and go, that's all very well, but it's not getting into my heart. Yeah, yeah. And so we protect our heart with the thickness of our skin, saying we're putting up a, we're putting up a fence here, but it's not a fence to keep people out. You know, it's not a fence, you know what I mean? We're putting up a fence saying, well, we're not going to allow it into our heart to harden our heart. Yeah, so you get that picture? Yeah. So the first thing in this pottery process is we're going to live soft. We're going to live soft. Okay. Second thing we're going to look at is we're going to live centred. We're going to live centred on him. Yeah. You've probably all seen the videos of the potter working away when the clay gets out of centre. Have you seen that? You often see them on the funny videos and things, yeah. And sometimes it just flies off the wheel. Sometimes... Sometimes you see this potter trying to wrestle in these bits that are getting out of control and bring it back to the centre, yeah? So it's the same, isn't it, yeah, for us as a Christian? You know, we have to be centred 
on the wheel. And of course, that's, that's centering ourselves on the things of the kingdom, on the things of eternity, on the things of God, keeping centered. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not big on Facebook, um, but I do get a, lot, a few people's Facebook feeds, um, as I'm sure you all do. And sometimes you'll see the Facebook feed come, think, come through and they're so caught up with something and you go, man, that isn't centered. Where, where are you guys off to? Where are you, what are you guys into? You know, come back to the center, come back to the center, being centered on him. And so let's read some scriptures. Got some nice scriptures here. Colossians. Therefore, if you have been raised with the Messiah, keep focusing on the things above where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. It's so easy, isn't it, to get caught up with the things of this world, to get caught up with the pleasures of the world, to get caught up with, uh, you know, the deceitfulness of riches, to get caught up with the worries of the world, yeah? And uh, in this process, what God's doing all the time is he's bringing us back to the centre, where we're we're in that place where we're going, well, actually, the things of great importance are the things of eternity, the keeping my heart, the walking with him, the focusing on him, and, you know, and that new car and the whatever, yeah, it's a side issue, you know, keep us centred. And um, this might sound a bit um, um, simplistic or too obvious, but to stay centred on the wheel, we actually have to stay on the wheel, yeah? And... The, the temptation comes when God starts to work on us and starts to need us and starts to do the work. The temptation comes to run, does it not? Yeah? And, like, we've all seen that, you know? We've all seen this. Um, my, my, my last job, my last job was really challenging. And, and there's no question, there's no question that God was using my last job to shape me, yeah? To mould me. And he never stops, does he? He's always working some area of our life or whatever, yeah? Yeah? And that's okay. But this was a really intense time of, of shaping and um, I had opportunities to move to other jobs, but I just knew that God was doing a work and it wasn't finished, yeah? And so, and so I stayed. And um, I was working with someone, and I won't mention who it was because some of you might know who it was, um, but he was under the same pressure, identical, same, same crucible, same hotness in the kitchen, yeah? God was working in him just as much as me, yeah? And uh, I remember him ringing me one day. This was actually after I just, I'd left that job. And I remember him ringing me, telling me about this new job, how, this, how he'd got this new job, how he'd left, you know, he'd run, sorry. No, no, keep that in this room, mate. we'll just keep that in this room, yeah? And uh, within a month, he's ringing me up going, this job's worse than the last one. This boss is worse than the last one. This, yeah? You, you get the picture, don't you, yeah? And you see it happen all the time. Someone will leave a relationship only to get in a relationship that's identical or worse, Yeah? Yeah? So for the process to work, for us to be centred, we actually have to stay on the wheel. Yeah, you get the picture. Yeah. So the third thing then is we have to live yielded because it's, it's only as the clay yields to the potter's hands that the pot is shaped. Yeah. Now, now you might say, well, what, what, what's the difference? What's the difference then between being soft and being yielded? Um, well, I think... To give you an example, you know, we, we, in church life, you see people who, they're soft. You know, in the worship, they're there. You talk to them. They love the Lord. Um, um, you know, they're centered in that their passion is the kingdom. 
you know, they're passionate for this and passion. So, so they have a softness. They love the Lord. They have, they have a, um, um, a centeredness. The gospel is all important to me, them, yeah? But they're rigid. They're not yielded. You know, you talk to them and, you know, um, church has to be done this way. This has to be done that way. And scripture has to be interpreted this way. Yeah? You get the picture? Yeah? We, we had someone come through the, the door one Sunday, not, not, that, not that long ago. And um, uh, he came up to me, and the first, the first thing he said to me is, quite strongly, you know, what's the church's position on this particular interpretation of, and, and it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a scripture he was interpreting, it was, a, it was a methodology in reading scripture in, you know, you know, what's the church's position? Strong, 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 rigid, yeah, rigid. And, and you know, I'm sure he loved the Lord, I'm sure he was soft, you know, you know, I'm sure that he was committed, there was a passion there. But he was rigid, and I'm talking to him going, mate, how are you ever going to fit in a church? You know, how are you ever going to walk with people? How are you, how are you ever going to walk in community and fellowship with people if you are rigid like that? Yeah. So, you know, so, so here we go. This is, this is David confession morning. Um, I, I think I've been a bit like this through the years, you know, because out of that passion, out of that passion and that zeal, there can come a... Well, no, this isn't right. They should be, you know, this should be, that should be, that should be. Yeah, which is fine. But there are times where God just says, won't you just yield to the process? Come on, just yield to the process. Yeah, you get the picture? Um, I, I had some dental work done just recently. And, you know, um, I, uh, I, hate, I hate going to the dentist. Is any, anyone else in the, I hate going to the dentist? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sitting there now. Now, I was there to get the work done. You know, I was a willing participant in the process, yeah. But talk about rigid. I, you know, I, I'm sitting in that chair and I'm thinking, you know, slabs of concrete are less rigid than how I'm lying right now in this, you know. But you get the picture, don't you? You know, you get the picture, yeah. And, you know, you'll have the dentist at times. He didn't do it this time, but other times he'll say things like, oh, can you just relax your mouth? And you want to say, well, can you just stop doing that? Can you just... <laughs> You get, yeah, so you get the picture, don't you? Yeah? Well, what God's looking for here is where we just relax and go, well, I trust the potter. I trust the potter. I trust the potter. I'm just going to yield to the shaping of your hands and I'm going to be moulded into something wonderful. Now, just to make it clear, we're not talking about compromise here, Yeah? So we're not talking about compromise with sin. We're not saying sin's okay. We're not talking about compromise with false doctrine. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about any of that. We're not talking about we're not talking about compromising important things. Yeah, but we're talking about that whole process of in the midst of that, saying yes, Lord, you are Lord, and I submit myself to your hand and to your leading. Um, I'm sure we've got some scriptures there. Which uh, oh yeah okay. Uh, Lamentations. You don't often get scriptures preached from Lamentations, but here we go. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 27. It says, It's good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. The New Living Translation of that says, It's good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline, his shaping. So there's that whole process of yielding to the potter's hands. So, so this works. The, the shaping works. When we're soft, when we're centered, when we're yielded, 
But there's a final one, and that's when we're content. That's when we're content. And the picture here is, does the potter have the right to shape this lump of clay into whatever he chooses? So there comes a contentment with that, you know? There comes a contentment with that. And you think about a potter, you know, one day he might be making vases, the next day he's making cups, the next day he's making plates, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he have the right to make out of that clay whatever he chooses? And, and what he is making, what God is making in our life is precious. It's for the use of the king. It's going to be in the hands of the king. It's going to pour out the oil, the Holy Spirit. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going, it's going to be a plate holding food that people are going to eat from, Yeah. So the potter has the right. And somehow in the midst of that, we have to come to a place of contentment where you go, what you're shaping me into, Lord, is actually okay. You know, for me, I look at someone like Pastor Joe, you know, and he's got more. He's, he's done more in the first hour he's up than I do most days. Yeah, you know, he's just so full of energy. He's just, he's just, I couldn't, I couldn't live at that pace. I, just, just watching him makes me tired. It just, yeah, yeah. And that's okay because God has fashioned and shaped him differently to his fashion and shaped me. So, so, so I can't be discontent. I can't have discontent about what God's made me because he's made me as he's made me. Yeah? It doesn't mean I want him to make me different as in like he wanted to get some more of those rocks out and all that stuff. It doesn't mean that, so I'm not satisfied in that sense and that I want more of him. You know, I want deeper character. I want all those things. It's not, we're not talking about that. But there's a contentment going, how you shape me, Lord, is actually okay. And this actually runs against our human nature because we are given to comparison. <laughs> we are, aren't we? We're given, we're given to comparison, you know, where we look at others and go, yeah, but what about him? What about him? What about him? Yeah. And so it's just some examples of comparison. Yeah. The parable of the workers in the field. Yeah. They'd worked their day. They had their agreement. They were happy for getting the denarius for their day's work <laughs> until they saw that others who'd done less than a day's work were still getting a denarius, yeah? And all of a sudden, the comparison where they were content now, somehow the apple barrel's being upset. And if you, if you want a really neat example of that, um, Peter, you know, Peter, he denies Jesus. He denies Jesus. Jesus meets him after the resurrection on the beach. You know the story. You know where he comes back to him and says, Peter, I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you another chance. You know, you, you would think that he would be so excited that all of a sudden he now has another chance. You know, he must, he must have gone from thinking, I've blown it, I'm done, I'm gone. You know, this is never going to happen, never going to work. All of a sudden, God reinst uh, Jesus reinstates him to the head of the pack. Yeah. He's the one who's going to have the sermon on the day of Pentecost. Yeah, he's the one, yeah. What's the first thing he says? Jesus, what about him? What about him? You know, what about him? You know, and uh, it's just in our nature. It's just in our nature. Yeah, you get it. You get it, you get it, you get it. And if you want, if you want a further example here, we're pushing this one pretty hard. But if you want another example, um, what caused Satan and the third of the angels to be cast out of heaven? Wasn't it comparison? Wasn't it, wasn't, it, wasn't it where he looked at God and God's glory and said, do you I'd like some of that? How come I'm not getting some of that? Yeah. So, so, it's, so it's, this, it's this thing. It's, 
It's this thing that we're naturally given to, but if we, if we, if we give ourselves into it, we're actually starting to get into the, enemy, the enemy's kingdom, yeah? Into the likeness of the enemy. And uh, there's lots of scriptures. There's lots of scriptures about this, but if you want uh, one, Paul. Paul says in Philippians, Paul says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. But I've learned the secret. And what's the secret? The secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want, I can do this through him who gives me strength. So there you go. There's the secret. Just choosing to be content. You know, not, not choosing to be, you know, you, you get the picture. You get the picture, yeah? And we could have a whole lot of jars, you know, all lined up here, going, well, what are you? Are you a wine bottle? Are you a, are you a teacup? What, what, are you, what are you, yeah? But it's that whole thing of not looking at the others and saying, gee, I wish I was a, I wish I was a whatever, yeah? You know, looking at it and going, well, actually, you know what? I might just be a saucer, but <laughs> I'm going to be a great saucer. You get the picture. You get the picture. You get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. When I came across this message, one of the reasons that I was so excited about it, and I've probably sent, sent this message to a whole bunch of people here, um, so sorry for the recap, but um, one thing I was so excited is that really for the last probably three years or so, there's been this message coming through the church and coming through the platform that we're in a new day. We're in a new season. We're in a new era. And um, um, for us in the church here, it started with Steve Penny, probably going back three years ago. I'm sure Sel can help me out with that. Um, when Steve Penny was here, and he's saying the God shift has come. You know? No more how it's been. New day. The God shift has come. And then over time, people have spoken into it different ways. Some people have said, you know, this isn't a new season. This is a whole new era. This is a whole new time. Everything's different. This is, this is different. And... Because time is being punctuated right now by COVID, where everything's come to a stop, you're kind of going, well, Lord, well, you've stopped what was. What does what is going to be look like? And so, so, so when I got this message, I started to get really excited because I'd been praying this prayer. Like even Pastor Mark's been, been, been saying things over the last few years, things like, you know, there's new wine coming and we need new wineskins to contain the new wine, yeah? So it's quite broad. The message has been there. And so, so my prayer in that time was, well, Lord, how do we enter in? You know, if there's a new season, a new day, if there's a new wave of the Holy Spirit, how do we get on this wave? You know, if there's new wine, how do, how do we get some of that? What's, what's the pathway? And so when I, when I heard this message and I'm listening to these things, being soft, being centered, being yielded and being content, it kind of hit me. You know, this is the doorway. This is the pathway into the new season. This, this, is, this, this, is, this is the door. This is the whatever. And um, as I meditated on it over time, I actually came to realize, this is my revelation, you know, take it for yours if you like it. But my revelation of that is, this actually isn't the door of the new season. This is the new season. In the new season, people will live soft. They'll live centered on him. Those things that, you know, tie up our heart will fall aside. We'll just be centered on him. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll live yielded, you know. What, what, can God, what can God do with the church if a, if a, if a group even just this size is yielded to his moulding and his shaping in his hand, you know, giving a vessel, you know, full of the oil of the Holy Spirit in his hand. You know, you get the picture. And in the midst of that, it only works if we live content. 
if we lay that other side, lay the other stuff aside and say, well, Lord, I'm not going to compare, you know, good on Pastor Joe, good on him, he can do all this, you know, you know, I'll bless him, I'll work with him, I'll help him. And I, I don't have a problem with Pastor Joe, just in case anyone's thinking I don't. It's amazing what he's doing. We're re- everyone's excited about more, I feel. It's just brilliant, yeah. But you get the picture. We're not going to live in comparison. We're not going to live in comparison. We're going to live in this. So I purposely finished a little bit early just to let the message settle in. Yeah? And as we've been going through, I don't know, you know, has there been anyone that sparked you? <laughs> you know, has there been anyone as you've been going through that you go, oh, Lord, Lord, this, this one, yeah? So, so maybe take a moment just as the band's going to come back up on stage. Maybe just take a moment as we just continue just a few minutes of worship just to meditate on that and just to say, oh, Lord, do you want me to soften up a bit here? Lord, Lord, am I actually a bit rigid? And Lord, Lord, even legalistic in what I think and what I do, you know? Is, is, are there ways, Lord, that I'm resisting the shaping, resisting the, the work of your fingers in shaping me into this? And, you know, um, even that last one, you know, even that last one, you know, Lord, I take a moment just to say thank you. I am content. Lord, you are good. You're perfect in all of your ways. You know what you're doing. And so, Father, as we come back into this time of worship, Lord, I pray for our congregation here, Lord, that, that this would be us. This would be the set of our heart. That, Father, that you'd be able to shape us and mould us because, Father, we want our lives to be fruitful. We want to be vessels in the Master's hand. We want to be vessels that fit the Master's hand. Father, we want to be full of the, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the wine of the Holy Spirit. And, Father, this new season that's breaking on the earth, we so want it, Lord. We so want the new wine, Lord. We so want to be vessels that can contain the new wine. Lord, we so want to be ones, Lord, who can move freely in this new season, Lord. So, Lord, break forth today in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've got a few minutes, so we're just going to take some time. We're just going to go back into a time of worship. And uh, if you'd like prayer for anything, um, um, we're more than happy to pray. The team's here to pray. Um, But for, for most of us, I think it's just a case of just being quietly before him, just saying, Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I'm listening. Yes, Lord, you can make out of my life whatever you choose. Lord, I'm listening. Lord, if there's ways that I need to change to partner with you in this process, Lord, I'm listening. Help me, Lord.